Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. On our podcast today, I am so excited to continue our conversation about Safa, the watchman. We have been studying all the Hebrew words in our Bible connected to the words for prophet, to prophesy, and prophesying. And one of those words means Safa, a watchman. And a watchman, we said, was someone who was paying attention. Like the, the t- in the days of kings and castles, the men who would go up on the t- watchtowers, uh, up on the towers around the castle, and look both inward and outward and, and be paying attention. And so to me, that also represents as far as the body of Christ as an intercessor and today I want to hone in on the watchman from a different perspective and so I'm excited to have a special guest with us today I've known her for many years as an intercessor as a mighty woman of God and someone who I just love love to be around her such a sweet spirit and I'm excited to welcome to the show Cheryl Owens welcome Thank you, Beth. It's so good to be here with you, and I'm honored that you've asked me, and I thank so much of you and your family. And Well, we love you too, and we love your family, and I love ministering with you guys, and I, I'm just so excited for you to share the things that the Lord has put on your heart. Uh, I've known you for many years to be an intercessor, and I value the things that God is speaking to you about. Thank you. I like to get up early normally and spend the first part of my day with the Lord. And that's going to involve me uh, reading scripture. It's going to involve maybe even getting out some worship music I like to listen to. And um, often I am finding that just being quiet before the Lord enables me to hear better from the Lord. Uh, I, I guess I incorporate all of that in my time with the Lord. And one of my favorite spots is going on our back porch. We in the South, we love yes. our back porch. <laughs> and I love my back porch. And I often, often go out there, even in the heat, in the summer, we'll go out there and sit and pray and read the Word. It's my my quiet place, my happy place to sit and just think about the Lord and pray. But as I was out early um, Sunday morning, it's the, the 16th of August, I saw a bride. I was sitting there meditating on the Lord, worshiping, being quiet. I saw a bride. And the bride, of course, was arrayed in a white, beautiful dress, dress with a veil. And she had a gun up over her head, which oh, wow. is unusual. Right. And you saw this uh, like in a vision. Uh, you were awake, but it was as if you were dreaming this. I was awake, definitely. Had my eyes closed. It wasn't like I saw anything. I had my eyes open, but my eyes were closed. And um, But you don't normally think of a bride having a gun. No. No, you don't. You don't normally think of that. And so I saw the bride with a gun over her head, and then I heard the words, Awake, consecrate, warrior bride. Oh, wow. And I just knew that this was um, something I needed to get my 
tablet out and I got my notepad and I began just letting the Holy Spirit just give me the words in my heart. It wasn't anything that I had sit down and was trying to put pieces together. It was, I believe, directly from the Holy Spirit. And as I've meditated on this vision and what the Lord has given me, it's been a prayer directive. Ever since that time, I have been praying this for the church. Oh, wow. And, and by the way, the church, the Bible says, is the bride of Christ. Absolutely. So this is a directive of prayer for the church. Yes. As the bride of Christ. Yes, absolutely. Um, and one of the first things that the Lord was speaking to me about was um, before any army goes into battle, the first thing the army does is they get their orders from the commander. And of course, our commander is Jesus. He is the captain of the Lord of hosts. That's right. He is our commander. And then um, the scripture, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and have every high thing that exalts itself over God's word. Awake. This battle is spiritual in nature. This battle can be won using the weapons and instructions we are given by our commander consecrate every part of our lives to God and the plans of God. No riding the fence, all in, cleansed, washed, purity. Be absolutely convinced in not only mind, but also heart that this battle affects this nation and every part of the world. The bride, fully washed by the blood of the Lamb, a white wedding garment denotes purity. And a bride is in love with her groom. She's lovesick. And this speaks of intimacy. The weapon up over her head, ready to use, fighting with the word of God, just exactly how Jesus fought the devil in the wilderness. And then the words, darkest right before the dawn, and then comes the sun. Oh, wow. So that was a powerful vision that God gave you for the church as a, uh, you know, how to tell you how to pray um, for the hour that we're in. Yes. And I think you're someone who, who I think, um, you know, you have a very sweet, meek personality, but I think if we could see your spirit man, I think it's very opposite of your natural demeanor because uh, I've always known you to be someone who's very serious about prayer and intercession and uh, very in tune with what the Spirit of God is saying especially and I feel like you have um, as an intercessor sort of the Lord speaks to you oftentimes about uh, the entire church body or you know our, our particular church body or the or it's kind of regional or you know around a little larger than just maybe the average person. A lot of times I think um, as far as the uh, everyday gift, I, I sort of see the gift of prophecy almost on three levels, just like uh, everything on the pattern of the outer court, inner court, holy of holies, that most believers, you know, um, can access a, a, a level of prophecy, especially that to encourage 
other believers and to use that in evangelism and maybe for their personal direction where God speaks to them. But then there's sort of, to me, this watchman level where God gives you a little broader um, direction. Uh, I, I really believe that's part of the, the arena of the watchman. And then I think of, uh, we did a study on Navi, the Hebrew word that's talking about the prophet, like your prophets in the Bible that would have a large vision for nations or for the church as a whole. And so I sort of see you as an intercessor watchman. You, you have a little larger vision uh, that kind of concerns like maybe churches in this area or our, the, your particular church. And so I just think it's really interesting that God often speaks to you about church or churches or, or a region or an area. Yes, yes. And, you know, um, I've thought about the last few days, the stance of the bride in this vision. Oh, wow. Um, you know, over the last few days, there's just different things that have continued to stand out to me. And her stance was a bold stance. Amen. She wasn't uh, a coward down. She wasn't afraid. But she was bold. And, of course, we know right now, because of what we're facing in our nation and the world, a lot of people are very fearful. Right. But the Word of God tells us that we've already won. That's right. Jesus has already won our victory. We fight from a place of victory. Oh, that's good. That's really good. People need to hear that. And the, and the Word of God is our weapon. That's right. That's that sword or, or that gun, so to speak, mm -hmm. that, that I believe she was holding above her head. I believe it was symbolic of the Word of God. Yes. And um, a gun is not any use if you don't have bullets in it. Oh, that's good. So the Word of God and the Word of God spoken out of our mouth through faith has the power to uh, annihilate the enemy. <laughs> Come on. Yes, and we've spoke on here several times about rhema, that that's, you know, there's the logos, that's Greek words in your Bible that describe any time the Scripture uses word or word of God. And there's the logos, which typically means the written word of God. But then there's the rhema, which is the spoken word of God. But actually, it means a little more than just the spoken. It means that the Holy Spirit has quickened or breathed life into that word and I believe that's not only when we speak the word but when we speak it in faith through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that that rhema word can be so powerful just like a machine gun absolutely I like the machine gun yeah <laughs> yes it doesn't stop that's right it's just ongoing and um, some of the other things that the Lord just really highlighted to me um, uh, I think about the commander, and we think about our commander as Jesus, but also the pastor of our church is our commander. That's and right. um, I take very seriously the authority that, that God has placed over our pastor. And I want to stay within the bounds of that authority. I want to stay within that bounds. Um, yes, I was going to jump in and say that there is a book I read many years ago, 
by Watchman Nee called Spiritual Authority. I highly recommend that book. And there's another one by Jean Edwards called The Tale of Three Kings, T-A-L-E, Tale of Three Kings. And it's a really short book. It's written like a play. But both of those are fantastic and deal with spiritual authority. And we must have, I believe, a spiritual covering uh, in, in any time, I believe every believer should have some kind of personal ministry, even if it's just acts of service. You know, maybe maybe I, I gave the example last week, maybe you bake cakes and that's part of your ministry. But we have to use that as a tool to partner it with the gospel or partner it with prophetic encouragement or, you know, whatever the Lord is having us do. But that it is, it is our obligation, though, to submit that under the authority of your pastor, of your leader. And so usually, you know, churches will offer opportunities with small groups and things like that. But you need to have some kind of spiritual covering. That's just wisdom. It is. It is. I know many times when I've heard our pastor, and I know I'm sure it's happened to you and other people that are listening, you are praying in an area... And you go in, and our, your pastor, or an evangelist, who or whoever, they preach the same message that you've been praying about. That's but the awesome, Lord yes. has already shown you, you know, what we need to hear or what the body needs to hear. And I always view that as confirmation that mm-hmm. that I I am hearing from the Lord, especially when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. And then one of the other words it uh, talked about consecrate. Well, yes. the first word, awake. Right. And of course, awake, of course, you know, you were talking about that in your teaching of the the watchman teaching. And um, we know that Jesus told his disciples to stay here and watch, watch, right. and that we know what happened. They fell asleep. And I believe with all my heart that the Lord is waking up many of his watchmen oh, now. Good. I believe he's waking up many. And I believe there are many that are answering the call. You know, it makes me think of uh, what, right now in our in our nation, one of the things I hear in the news and the news media is woke culture. You know, that that's a, a hot phrase right now. And people talk about being woke. But <laughs> But they seem to have it a little, a little off in the world. You know, going back to that rhema word, only when the Holy Spirit breathes life into you are you truly awake. And I heard a quote not too long ago that said, you cannot wake someone who is pretending to sleep. Wow. Yeah, really powerful. Wow. You cannot wake someone who is pretending to sleep. And I believe we've had some people even in the church, who have have almost been like asleep at the will. They're, they're, they're almost in a, um, I don't know the, the right word, but it's almost like they're in an unconscious state. But they're not exactly fully asleep, but it's as if they are sleeping. And so I think sometimes that's the most difficult people to awaken is... Uh, people who are pretending to sleep, people who are just sort of getting by. Right, right. And you know... um, Spiritually speaking. Right. And you can be fully awake, but going through the motions. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that they're... Yeah. Fully awake, but going through the motions, coming in, 
doing your due service. I guess the way and I would, then going yeah. home. Like they're dazed. They're in a daze yes. or a haze. Yes. And and they're doing, you know, I, I hear this phrase a lot. Uh, people say, and, and, and not an over-criticism of it, but I hear the phrase, you know, doing life. Well, um, some people I think are doing church. And it's not always, in, you know, very purposeful or intentional, but they're just going through the motions. Yes. And I definitely think that this, this vision about the part about awakening the bride, that um, it's almost like, the, I, I feel like with all the things that have happened in our nation, you know, this pandemic and, and things, that it's like the bride is being shaken awake. I believe that too. I have felt that shaking in yes, my own life. Yes. Uh, since the beginning, it has caused me to stop and take a good look at myself. Yeah. Because it is easy to go through the motions. You love the Lord, but not be red hot. That, yeah, that's right. We, you know, we need to be. We need to wake up. We need to be woke, so to speak. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. One of the other words that um, that the Lord gave me, I believe, was consecrate. And, of course, that is something that is devoted, uh, set aside for a particular right. person. And that's what we are, is con- right. the consecrated bride and then the bride. And, and uh, the Song of Solomon talks of the intimacy there is between Jesus and and his own. That's good. Being lovesick. Right. You know, when you first um, are in courtship, but, you know, if you're married, been married for a long time, like Greg and I have been married, you know, there was a time when you just, you know, you didn't want to leave each other's side. Right. You know, you were, they were always on your mind. Right. And that's where I believe that he was showing me that scripture i think of that scripture that talks about returning to your first love yes you know that ex- just having that um yeah well, it's just like a marriage you know in a marriage you um when you have children and your jobs and you're busy you have to work at prioritizing your relationship and making it it, it it's a it's a more mature love and but you also have to nurture that you have to make time and set aside time for one another and i believe it's the same thing with the lord that that we have to not lose sight of our first love which is jesus yes yes and the way that we win is through the word that's so good yes i'm a big word person i believe that uh, my mom says it this way the word works but you have to work the word you do you do you do and you have to learn how to encourage yourself that's right that's so good that's so powerful i mean this is so basic but so powerful and so timely it is very basic yes this is basic but it's the prayer directive that the Lord gave you for the church, you know, that that the weapon, that, that word of God that the bride had, that she was to be awake, you know, that was the message. Um, the consecration aspect and then intimacy. So, I mean, it's a prayer directive. It's really a four-point prayer directive that God gave you for the church in this hour that He gave you in a vision as you were just in your normal 
quiet time with the Lord. I do want to speak one more time, though, about consecration, because this is an area that is very near and dear to my heart. Now, I understand that depending on what denominational background you came in, you know, came from, that it's like the pendulum is either way over here in uh, holiness and, and maybe restricted living, or the pendulum is way over here in what I call Graceland, and maybe there needs to be a little restriction in your life. And so sometimes finding that right balance um, among an, a, you know, a group of believers can, can be interesting. I try to live that, that very balanced. Um, but consecration is something that actually is very near and dear to my heart. Um, years ago, uh, and it's a, a God thing, but I taught myself and learned how to play the guitar. And then I actually, uh, a man actually approached me about taking guitar lessons, which was a, a whole other God thing. But the Lord spoke to me. I, I, in fact, that's really what got me interested in prophecy is I was learning to play the guitar and I just said, okay, Lord, well, I want to know what the Bible says about music. And so uh, Blue Letter Bible was brand new and I had my big Strong's Concordance with my yellow highlighter. <laughs> and, uh, and I started looking at words uh, dealing with music in the Bible and I discovered something amazing that every time that a woman prophesied in the Bible, she did it almost always through song. You know, there's Mary's song, Hannah's song, there's uh, Deborah, there's so many. And so it started me on this journey to, well then, you know, why was that? And, you know, and what, what do you mean they prophesied? And so this started me on my journey to really understand prophecy and also music. And um, so I, I went on this, you know, probably five-year-long-plus journey on, on learning about these things. And the Lord, in the midst of this, um, He was also showing me about music in His temple. And, you know, Moses and David were shown the temple in heaven and then instructed to recreate that here on the earth. And by the way, we are living temples. Yes. And so God began to speak to me a lot about music and uh, and the music that, that He desires and that consecration is a part of that. And so I, um, my husband actually bought me a really expensive, nice quality guitar. And, um, and it was really a stretch financially for us at that time to buy it. We were newly married and you know how it is, you don't have a lot of money and um, you know, driving used cars, living in an apartment, and he goes and buys this elaborate guitar. <laughs> and um, But he said, you know what, I want to invest in your ministry and invest in what God's doing in your life. And so I made a decision to, um, to consecrate that guitar, uh, to set it apart for use unto the Lord. And I actually took some anointing oil and we anointed it and prayed over it. And I, I just will not allow anything but worship to be played on that guitar. That's just sort of something that I desire God's anointing on my music. And so it is something almost, I mean, it is sacred. 
And so we have to have that attitude. And so I'm not saying that you have to live a life of restrictions and you can't do this and you can't do that. Because righteousness, I always say, you know, is not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's about being in right standing with God, being obedient. And so consecration is something very near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. and really that's a personal journey you walk on with the Lord and uh, you know that's something I'm not interested in debate even with people you know that's something I would encourage you to seek out on your own and pray and uh, maybe ask your pastor (laughs) put it on him but um, but I believe if you desire anointing that uh, you know consecration will have to be a part of that. I heard a pastor one time say that salvation is free, but the anointing will cost you and it will cost you everything. I have heard that too. So powerful. But yeah, I mean, I I just love that, that you put, you know, that that the Lord spoke to you about consecration. I think um, in this age we have in an effort to, shy away from uh, the type of, of, of like the holiness movement that was very restrictive that we've almost let the pendulum swing too far to the other side and we're afraid to talk about consecration. Yes, yes. And I I grew up with in a very mainline Pentecostal faith where you were very the restricted part. You know, it, it was a lot about, you know, the long hair and wearing certain clothes right so that was kind of ingrained in me so i had to relearn some things right and see i I came from a different background where there was a lot of too much grace and so um i i think i think the answer is in the middle and really it's about your heart it's not about a lot of rules and and things like that for me there's things i won't do not because of a rule because the anointing on my life is just too precious to risk. It is. And I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit, and I want to please the Lord, and I want His blessing on my life. And so there's just some things I can't afford to do. Me too. I don't want to do... Nor do I want to, yeah. I don't want to do those things because I don't want to hurt Him. Right. Because we carry Him everywhere we go. That's right. Into every conversation that we have. That's good. We carry Him everywhere that's right and when we do make mistakes his grace is so amazing yes it is (laughs) like the song (laughs) yes it is but um so so we've talked about you know you had this vision of the bride and so and you felt like this was a prayer directive from the lord maybe you can speak for a second to people who really feel like they have a call to be an intercessor but maybe they don't really know how to step out in that, you know, maybe they need some some direction on, you know, what are some things, what are some practical things they can do to really sort of amp up their mm-hmm. their their intercessory prayer life. You know, not just praying for you, you and your family, but really beginning to pray. I believe an intercessor, someone who begins to pray for, you know, uh, regions, schools, churches, things beyond their self and their own sphere. Yes, absolutely. I, I find that even during the middle of your prayer time, you know, we can we can have our list and we can go before the Lord and we can we know of things that we want to see God do and work in and people that we want to see him touch their life. But there are times that I have found that if I'm just quiet 
in between my request that he will speak to me. Right. And he may change my complete direction, my focus. I may have an agenda over here, a praying about a, a particular thing, and if I'm quiet before the Lord, he may shift my focus in a different direction. Right. So you have to, to be uh, Holy Spirit-led. You do. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit and not be in a hurry. That's important. And that is... That's hard to do with a fam busy family. It, that is huge. It right. is hard to do because of time. But um, that can be a part of your life throughout the day. Uh, so many times people will cross our mind. Right. And we, you know, we're not certain about what's going on, but it could just very well be that it's, it's the Holy Spirit leading us to pray for that particular person. Uh, being quiet before the Lord, waiting on Him to speak, and, of course, praying in the Holy Spirit. Those are wonderful. I mean, you're bringing up wonderful points. Yes, praying so practical. The, you know, and it builds, not only builds our own self up, the Word declares in Jude, but it also opens up a door for us to be more sensitive to hear his voice as well that's good you know i always try to i guess i always have this i guess a what, what is the word i'm looking for just like a basic formula that i always you know approach prayer with and it's you know i usually start off just with gratitude and thanksgiving you know mm -hmm. just thanking the lord for so many things and uh and then i just sort of worship the lord and I try to make, uh, and, th and then I'll pray over, you know, different situations and other people and whatnot. And then I always, uh, then I sort of bring my petitions. <laughs> yes. And so I, that's just sort of my own personal formula. And, and a lot of times it doesn't even get to the petition part because I'll usually, you know, I'm, I'm into worship. And so, you know, that's sort of where I, I go. But, but the being still part actually, you know. Sometimes that's very hard to do because we're so busy, and, and that's something I find myself, um, I need to do more of that, to just be still. But I have learned to, to sometimes just be quiet yes, and wait on the Lord, um, yes. especially, you know, in, in prayer time, you know, and, or worship. I, for me, prayer and worship a lot of times bleed together. <laughs> they blend in together. But um, to just wait and listen and wait on the Lord. And so that I think that's important, too. Yes. It's something we have to practice at. And to, uh, to I believe it's almost like um, training your ear. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like a, we've been working on singing harmony. And it's really, it took me a good year to train my ear to really... You know, I'm no expert at it, but, but to hear harmony and to be able to, to do that. And so I think it's the same thing with listening to the, the Lord, especially in prayer, is you have to be tuned in to the right frequency. You know, I always talk about separating the frequency from the noise. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of noise out there, mm -hmm. a lot of static. Yes, yeah, there is a lot of static. And one other thing that I was thinking about is the expectation Oh, that's so good. You've got to expect to hear from the Lord. And maybe, maybe you know, when you're in prayer, maybe you don't feel like you've received anything in particular. Right. But you just keep on. And you look expectantly to I hear like that. hear the Lord, what the Lord has to say. Right. You, you just put into words, uh, I think, what, what's in my heart, but you gave, uh, you gave a little clarity to it. You know, expectation is hugely important. Um, 
there again in the arena of music um, or, or maybe let's just say going to like a revival service you know sometimes you'll go to a special meeting or a special church service and and because of the expectation just among the people in the atmosphere you know the atmosphere can be a little more charged and things are more likely the anointing is more likely it seems to you know to to be to be uh, manifested um, and so I think expectation plays a role it plays a part um, mm-hmm. in, in the arena of, of music you know sometimes I, I you know you'll be given it everything <laughs> you know in worship on this on a stage and you feel like um, that it was a lot of hard work that you were having to pull the people along with you to uh, sort of envision myself dragging them you know into the holy of holies and we shouldn't have to do that they should be really expecting the lord to show up and to be in his presence and and uh, and everything and so the anointing usually takes care of that but expectation I, i think that's a hugely important part it plays it plays a role in hunger Oh, that's good. See, you're hitting on a lot hunger. of good points. That's right. Uh, having just a hunger to know Him. Right. To a hunger for the Word. A hunger to be in, in where He wants us to be. Right. And a hunger just to see Him move in the lives of other people. And I, that seems like that's very key, is having a hunger to see God touch other people. Oh, that's so good. You know... Everything in the kingdom of God is on the seed system. You know, it's an agrarian system. And so when we can sow seed into other people, to me, there's no greater joy than to see that take root and then produce fruit in someone else's life. It's sort of like, man, I had a part in that. You know, you're so excited. And, you know, uh, I love to give encouraging words because, um, you know, then people will come back to you mm-hmm. and, and tell you, hey, you know, you prayed with me about this job and you, sp- you, you encouraged me and, and prophesied or spoke life into me. And guess what happened? You know, yes. And the, I'm so excited. I'm as excited for them, I think, as they are. <laughs> so, exactly. That exactly. We, I'm honored that I get to be a part of that whole process of what God is doing in somebody's life. Yes. Like when you're praying for someone at the altar and you can see that God has moved and touched them you can see it and you just like you say it I get as excited as they are right that's I mean it's just that to me is sort of one of the awesome things about the kingdom of God is um, the unity that that can bring and and how um, you know the world everything's competitive and and you're you're measured by your success and you know things like that but in the kingdom of god really uh this the secret is when you pour into others it is and then you get a blessing in return and you get to be a part of what god's doing to me that's just amazing you are so right (laughs) you are so right well this has been awesome i can't wait to have you back because i know that the lord speaks to you and, and you're someone that I kind of see as has a, a direct line to God. <laughs> you may not see yourself that way, but I do. And um, and someone I know the Lord shows you things and speaks to you. And and when anything big is going on, you know, you're one of those people. I'm like, well, so what, what's the Lord saying to you? You know, tell me what's, what's going on. <laughs> so I'm very honored. Uh, anything else you want to want to leave us with or, or put a just thank you for having me on thank here. Thank you. You're such a blessing. And um 
And I, I just I value your wisdom. And I, I know that, um, like we were saying earlier, there's I believe there's even more to this dream that the Lord is going to un- unveil to you and that there's a lot of depth there. And I do believe that is speaking to the church, the church at large, but mm-hmm. specifically in our area that we have to awaken. We have to use His Word. We have to consecrate, you know, all of those wonderful things we talked about. I'm so glad the Lord gave you that vision, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. You are so welcome. It's been good to be here with you, Bea. Thank you. I love you. Oh, I love you too. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time I post, you will be informed. Thank you for listening. And also, if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at bethwingate at aim.com. That's bethwingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E, at aim, A-I-M, dot com. bethwingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.